The views and opinions expressed on Analyze This are entirely those of the on-air participants and do not reflect those of the station's board, management, staff, or underwriters. Thursday morning and welcome to another edition of Analyze This here on your NPR, the R radio station here in the U.S. Virgin Islands with yours truly, Neville James. It's a beautiful day in paradise and we're still dealing with the fallout, you know, processing the, doing the postmortem of the 2022 general elections here in the Virgin Islands, which was a gubernatorial cycle. We got Raymond James, you can be joining us, the pollster. Right to um, break this down about eight ten. Hoping to hear from uh, Senator Novel Francis, who won for the fifth consecutive time. Um, at the bottom of the hour, maybe uh, the Senate President, um, who won for the third consecutive time, uh, Donna Fred Gregory. Sometime in hour number two, and other senators uh, who have won: Senator Samuel Carrion. Uh, Senator Dwayne DeGraff, Ayokali, seven one eight four five five five. We're leaving our line open. Uh, for the winners, so you could talk about um, what we're going to do now, because um, election is over, and now we got to uh, exude leadership and uh, talk about a plan, putting a, a, an agenda together for the betterment uh, of the Virgin Islands. I want to thank all the senators and the governor for calling in yesterday. Great show. Um, my listeners who were giving me props. Wallace Williams, I got the text. Uh, thank you very much, I think. Uh, you know, we're just trying to do what we to do. I was not on TV Tuesday night. I know a lot of people were texting me. You know, they get used to me because I've been on in 18 and 20. You know, where, where, where are you there? And all that stuff. And a young lady by the name of Miss Medina, I think, actually sent me a Facebook text message. I, I really don't deal with Facebook that much, but, and, you know, all that stuff. But don't worry. You know, our panel held it down. And, uh, you know, we'll, uh, uh, we got the radio thing, the lockdown, and all that good stuff. You know something? Yesterday, I got, I got caught up with the election on Tuesday that I, I keep forgetting that the 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 general election day in the Virgin Islands is a holiday, but it's not a holiday on the mainland. So I didn't do the national numbers with respect to the marketplace yesterday morning. Of course, there were no local numbers to provide uh, on Tuesday, on Wednesday, because Tuesday was a local holiday. But there was some action in the marketplace. I didn't even know that the Dow had had went up over 33,000 um, on Monday. Or on Tuesday, I mean. Yeah, on Tuesday. Dow closed at 33,159.89. And then uh, yesterday, it took a significant hit, went down 646 points, 646.89 points to close at 32,513.94, down 1.95%, almost 2%, you know? So, you know, me and my friend Joey Hollins, we'd have go at it. And um, I had to call you up, call up on you, like we just said locally. You know, because I noticed there was a lean in all of his uh, text messages. The lean were kind of red. So I said, I said, wait, what going on? I know you're on the governor. Good, how come you're lean red? And uh, he said, well, I'm really an independent. I said, oh, uh, a fiscally responsible independent. So I said, okay. 
Okay, people are watching you. Are watching how you tweet them. Are watching how you text them, I mean. They lean in red. So I had to, you know, we, we were joked. We joked about that. But one of the things I want to talk to um, Mr. James about, and we're going to talk about the national politics, um, is the independence once again. And Doc Cole and I, um, we talk about this and we agree about this. The independents really run, really run the political arena in the mainland right now. Because there was this red wave, this red tsunami that was supposed to happen because of inflation and crime and open borders and all that stuff that they're blaming on the, uh, the Democratic administration and the Democratic leadership. But the independent voters that the Republican side of the aisle were hoping to make this red wave a reality pretty much put a stop to that. Because we know the, the blue side was going to defend their side. And the, 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 the independent said, no, 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 no. Are you acting like as if the hardships that are being experienced in America right now are limited to America? And it's a global thing. The pandemic impacted everybody. Created the need for stimulus money because economies, you know, were brought to their knees. And for some reason, good reason, divine intervention went out again. The independent said, no, 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 no. And could you imagine, right, last night, uh, because, you know, the U.S. Senate, right, is really a 50-50 deal now. Regardless of what happens, it's going to be, no be no more than 51-49, one way or the other. There are three races that are still hanging in the balance, one in Arizona, one in Nevada, and, of course, the Georgia race, you know, which is really, you know, it's worse than people because there's racism involved in that Georgia race, you know, um, that me and Dwayne Henry spoke about, and I can speak properly, Dwayne Henry and I spoke about earlier where, you know, Herschel Walker only became a viable candidate when Raphael Warnock was elected um, in the previous election cycle. You know, that, that's, that's, that's just sad. Uh, as a black man, I'm embarrassed by that. But it is what it is. It's politics to deal with it. The independents are the ones who really drive in the argument because you got 35 on one side, 35 on the other. And that 30%, you know, they tilt the axis. You know, they're the ones that's going to, so we're going to talk about that. That's going to be good. And then the, the situation in Wisconsin, I'm going to read a tweet to Mr. Raymond James and ask him to break that down for us. But, but you know, what we what we focusing on here locally is basically, you know, the aftermath of hurricanes that hit us five years ago, coupled, compounded by the pandemic. And, you know, the turnout, 20,000. Telling her no. Big problem. Seriously. That fall after from 26,000 in 2018 to just over 20,000, maybe 21,000 because we got absentees to count and all that. Rough. Seriously. That one there rough, my boy. So we're going to figure that one out. Okay? Now, uh, quickly, uh, COVID-19 update, local, um, Solid ratio, 514 negatives, 22 positives, right? So 20 times 22 is 440, and then you got 74 leader. 23 to 1, we could deal with that, right? That's a solid ratio. We got, uh, of the 22 
Positives, 14 were on St. Croix, 8 on St. Thomas. We got 74 actives, of which 54 are on St. Croix, and 20 are on St. Thomas. St. John is clean. Okay? Love City holding things down. Okay? Uh, like I mentioned, uh, bad day yesterday in the marketplace. Oh, nationally COVID. Sorry, nationally COVID. Still holding strain at 8.8% 8, 8 .8 active. 28,000 hospitalizations, 40,000 uh, actives, 40,000 cases per day, which is reasonable. Uh, 3,192 uh, ICU um, patients, and average in 316 COVID-19 related deaths. Now to the marketplace, as I mentioned before, down 646.89 points yesterday, almost 2% at 1.95%. One of the 30 blue chip stocks saw gains and everybody else all the other indices took a hit nasdaq dung 2.48 percent smp dung 2.08 percent russell 2000 dung 2.65 percent okay you know it is right we don't tap into areas on this this medium that the, the others wouldn't dare venture into <laughs> but you know it really is a reflection because what, what happens on the mainland um really trickles down here, so we all want to give a shout out to all of the candidates who were not successful. I know what it's like to lose, even though, even though I won, you know, majority of my, you know, um, elections. You know, we gotta let them know, you know, that um, what they, you know, did by offering themselves, putting their name on the ballot. The easiest thing is to do what I'm doing right now: sit here before a microphone and take shots. So we definitely want to give a shot to everybody who offered themselves. Um, a lot of incumbents did well, and uh, we are, um, it was an incumbent um, election, and uh, we, we'll see how that pans out come January 2023. We got Mr. Raymond James from Rattan Investments on the line. Good morning, Mr. Raymond James. How are you, sir? Good morning, Neville, uh, to your listening audience. Okay, good. So, um, first impression based on the elections, let's start with the, with the senatorial race. A lot of incumbents were successful of the of the thirteen incumbents um on the ballot. Eleven are already deemed successful. We had one who was not, that's Senator Genevieve Whitaker. And um one of your favorite terms, um uh Senator Angel Bolkes, the at large senator, is in a Donnybrook, um uh, in the at large race, up sixty four votes while they um look to count absentee ballots. What's your take on that? Well, um, yeah, actually, um, I did um, the polling <clears throat> while I was a little bit off in one of the big race. That race I was spot on. I think I had it 48-46, and I basically took close a call. And with the absentee ballots out there, that definitely will make, uh, will determine the winner. Because as you know, everything is unofficial up to this point. But I want to echo <clears throat> one thing that you said. And I want to really congratulate all uh, the participants that, you know, took their, their time out to say to the people, look at me. I think I can be one of your leaders in this community and do the right thing by you. So I want to really express my uh, congratulations to all of those people that participated and obviously to the winners that emerged. And I also want to thank my um, <clears throat> Uh, my my service takers 
and because they to participate, which is the exit poll, the telephone poll, and the ballots. And so, uh, so yeah, you're sounding like, like a candidate this morning, but you sound good. <laughs> no, 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 because it's important. Yes, you know? no, no, no. I agree. I agree. You, you, your team, your team was out there get, trying to get data, give the public a feel for what was yeah. going on. And and while while you and um, Mr. Dorsey um, were off with respect to the margin of victory for the governor um, in the Senate races, y'all look like you were spot on to me. Yeah, yeah, it's um, and I think part of that, um, uh, actually, the numbers are what they are. But I think um, with with the advent of early voting, we're going to take a closer look on the research side. Yeah, uh, I like and that. Look at the data. Look at the data, and to see um, what I once said totally went wrong because it was just a little bit outside of the margin of error. And we just want to make sure that, you know, with people anticipating um, to hear from the poll, in particular Rattan poll, I want to make sure that we give them accurate information, data, so that they can make, you know, information if they so choose and what's being reported. Well, you know, I, I want to, I want to, to ask you and uh, Mr. Dorsey uh, a, a question. Um, the demographic that both of you polled should we should we be a little bit more specific in that who you're polling is really a working class poll because um there's a possibility that there's a certain segment of the population that don't have access to our poll and are not included in the final um final numbers well look 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 at one poll precincts on St. Croix, when we do our preliminary uh, review, that's the review as of yesterday, we notice that just on St. Croix, and then we get to St. Thomas in a minute, that on St. Croix, <laughs> the governor um, lost every polling precinct. Yeah. With the probably lost. Exception of probably lost, and correct. And you had the and you had the flip on St. Thomas where right. he he won he won every polling precinct. St. Thomas St. John he won every polling precinct except Guy Benjamin. Correct. Okay. Now, so we have to dig in in those two polling areas to see what is the demographic at that precinct. You see, and extract those numbers so the next time we will at least ensure that a percentage of those people in that demographic is actually poll, actually poll, mm -hmm. which 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 we pointed to ensure that all the precincts um, um, status is included in the polling area. So that's one of the things that we will do for sure um, for the next, um, uh, which will be a senatorial cycle two years from now. Mm -hmm. Well, that's what. Yeah. So, there'll, so, so there'll be so there'll be more specificity in in, yeah. in in terms of uh making sure that demogra all demographics are recognized in your poll. Yeah. yeah. Some of it was, some of it was, but not to the extent that perhaps it wasn't in terms of a, in terms of a weighted formula. Maybe it wasn't weighted sufficiently. Okay. Okay. Good. Now let, let's now let's look at. 
the gubernatorial race where it turned out like I thought it would as it relates to who would win in the respective district. What I didn't see was a, I want to find the right word, a, a gargantuan margin that the governor pulled out on St. Thomas at, I think, 7,000 to 2,500 um, uh, over on St. Thomas. We're on St. Croix, which is which is 4,500, whereas on St. Croix, um, Santa VLA, he won by somewhere between seven and 800 votes. What about that? Well, yes. Um, Radan actually did not see the, um, if you will, the numbers run up in the manner in which it did. But it was not basically surprising either because you had an incumbent and from the district standpoint, did a good job in managing what he had before him. Mm-hmm. And so there was, not, there was no real need for them to change when you look at what occurred with um, MAP um, cycle, gov- former Governor MAP cycle, um, with this present governor. And he is in, the, he is in fact the incumbent. And many of his supporters, in particular government workers, had a high interest in ensuring that they, that the governor win that election. And so that is one of the reasons why I believe um, to justify the manner in which he performed on St. Thomas. I, 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 I actually had pegged that as we go to our break. I had the governor winning St. Thomas by anywhere from 1,500 to 2,500 votes. And I actually had um, Senator VLA winning St. Croix by anywhere from 1,000 to 2,000 votes. That's why I had pegged uh, a, a, a runoff um, because I thought those margins coupled with the amount of votes the, the other two would get, other two teams uh, would get and write in, um, would lead us to a runoff. But the, the governor's dominance uh, uh, in St. Thomas and the, the gubernatorial team, dominance of Roach and uh, of Brian and Roach uh, were too much for the senators uh, VLA and Sarah to overcome. We'll take a break when we come back. We'll talk some national politics. We'll wrap up the local talk as well. Analyze this the morning after the morning after. We'll be back right after this. Banking for your business. At Bank of St. Croix, our mobile apps provide access to business accounts on the go. And our merchant card services accept credit and debit payments anywhere, anytime. Plus, the online banking platform means your bank is always open. Bank of St. Croix has two locations. One in Gallows Bay at 340-773-8500 and one in Peter's Rest at 340-713-8500. BankofStCroix.com Hey, it's me, your cell phone. We need to talk about something, something serious. I know you love me. I know you like using me wherever you are, but I feel like this isn't working out when you're driving. I know you may think that it's possible to focus both on me and the road, but I just don't feel the same way. I think we should spend time away from each other when you're driving. It's for the best. 
Visit StopTextStopRex.org. A message brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, Project Yellow Light, and the Ad Council. Hi, I'm Amy Goodman, host of Democracy Now! Democracy Now! features ideas and voices from some of the best minds of this generation and previous ones, including activists, muckrakers, visionaries, artists, risk takers, academics, and just folks, as in the most just folks who share a commitment to truth, democracy, justice, diversity, equality, and peace. Catch Democracy Now! at his new time, weekdays at 10 a.m. here on WTJX FM 93.1. Some people won't give you the real talk on drugs, but it's time we know the facts. Fentanyl is killing people. It's a powerful opioid, often made illegally and commonly mixed with illicit drugs. It can even be pressed into counterfeit pills that resemble prescription medications. Just two milligrams, about the size of a few grains of sand, could potentially be lethal. This isn't an ad to scare you, but it is an ad to make you think twice. Get the facts. Go to realdealonfentanyl.com. This message is brought to you by the Ad Council. We're back here to analyze this, and we're going through. We're doing a post-mortem from the 2022 general election cycle. We got Mr. Raymond James uh, joining us this morning. Eventually, we're going to get uh, Mr. Richard Dorsey to join us as well because we had these local posters on on Monday uh, to give us a feel of what to expect uh, going into the general election on Tuesday. And uh, the results are what they are. I got a text message. Mr. James, good morning once again, by the way, sir. Good morning. Text message. Maybe people were embarrassed to say, who they voted for, not unlike Trump, Clinton, Poland. What's your take on that with our local politics? <laughs> yes, 10%. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, like, I like that one. Uh, I, I, I like that one. Now let, now, let me ask this question. Based on the other questions that you asked, because it was not limited to who you're voting for, but the areas of concern, um, do, do you think we're poised to actually address that? Um, because one of the frustrations with voters over the last two to three decades is um, we keep hearing, I was saying, I'm going to do this because I've been in the arena. I'm going to do this. And then every two years, it's the same thing. Um, aren't we supposed to be in a financial position, sir, to actually affect these areas and address them and actually make ourselves more resilient in the aftermath of Irma and Maria? All right. No. One of the reasons we add questions is to get a feel from the community and share that information with our lawmakers. Now, one of the questions we ask in terms of what is the most important issue facing the Virgin Islands, both districts and then obviously the territory. On St. Croix, it was health. And obviously, one to argue one or the other. The reason for that about the health with um, um, GFL having an issue. In St. Thomas, the overall issue over there was WAPA. And I would think that territorially, in particular, the District of St. Thomas would say, yes, that's an issue. I also added another twist in the, the question concerning WAPA. 
because I remember about 20 years ago, I did run a poll concerning whether or not WAPA should be sold. It would be a more difficult task today only because of WAPA's balance sheet. But the poll results, 50% of the people have said yes, sell WAPA. 40% of the people have said no, do not sell WAPA. And 10% was not sure. That's, that, that was then or that's this time? This time. Okay. This time. Back then, it was 52%. Um, I did a survey. At that time, that survey was, was commissioned, if you will. And 52% at the time, because the issue was going before the legislature. And 52% of the participants at the time, yes, said WAPA. It never did occur. But going back to the question, one of the most interesting things is that as the issue for health care and St. Croix, WAPA came in second. And surprisingly, home ownership came in third. And the reason why I said surprisingly home ownership came in third, because GRS was also one of the, one of the um, um, selections, and so GRS came in fourth. So from that standpoint, we know that the administration, Trump, along with some senators who said that they also participated, that the, the level of anxiety as it relates to GRS being resolved was significantly reduced. Yeah, it was it was a redundant positive. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The anxiety is reduced. You mean? Yes, it's reduced. It's yeah. Reduced. Okay. Yes. Okay. Good. Yes. Good. Well, you know, we, we got those we got those issues, healthcare and energy, um, that that we're hoping our leadership can can come together, uh, to um to make sure that uh to to that 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 they'll address uh going forward. And uh, and we will uh, I'll see how they go about because now organization is an issue with the legislature, right? That's probably that's right. that, that's probably what's going on now, and and we'll we'll deal with that. Now I want to to shift uh, to the national politics, and of course there was supposed to be a tsunami, a red one, and it didn't happen. Um, my take is that the independents um, once again have undermined any master plan that either major political party. Um, hatched, and as a result, um, they have pretty much established themselves as a as a force um, with respect to um, outcomes. And um, obviously, you know, there was an exit poll done in Pennsylvania, which was a critical state uh, in the midterms because of the the retirement of Pat Toomey, which created an open open seat. Um, and the Fetterman Oz race was arguably the highest profile Senate race, along with the Walker. Uh, Warnock race in Georgia, and an exit poll Raymond showed the number one issue in Pennsylvania was the abortion issue at thirty six percent. So, so those who thought that November um, had died down um, because we were hearing inflation and crime and open borders and all that stuff had had actually taken over, um, it's clear that what was done with the Dobbs v. Jackson um, court Supreme Court ruling in the summer was still resonating and being felt. And all of that registration that took place in the aftermath of that Supreme Court ruling showed itself uh, during the election cycle in 2022. Yes. Two, two things in reviewing the results popped up. One, the female vote 
and to the youth vote mm-hmm. in the poll. And the youth vote is important now because as we continue to see the cycles of the fall, or one, what one would claim to be the perils of climate change, the, the, the youth are saying, wait a minute now, we, we cannot live like you did, meaning parents and grandparents, 60 years, if we are 22, 24, there won't be a planet. Yeah. And so, therefore, we have to get ourselves involved, and they did. And so I think that the message of the president that democracy uh, was on the ballot versus inflation, crime, and high cost of everything else was partially muted in terms of what one expected if you read all the reports leading up to the election by the pundits, the news media, and to some extent, the survey takers. So uh, it was confident to see that um, the results as they came in. No, that was good. One final question um, before we get um, uh, Senator Nova Francis uh, on uh, to talk to the people. I want to read a tweet. Um, that was uh, that I read. It said Tony Evers won Wisconsin's governor race by 3.5 points. This is Wisconsin, the gubernatorial race, right? But Republicans will control 67% of the seats in the, se- in the state Senate and 64% of the seats in the state assembly. That's, ex- that's what extreme gerrymandering looks like. And, you know, um, Tony James... You know, we got these Supreme Court rulings going back to 1960, um, Gourmet v. Lightfoot, Baker v. Carr, Reynolds v. Sims, Westbury v. Sanders, and recently as 2016, Abbott v. Evan, uh, Abbott v. Evanwell, where the total population, not the total voting eligible population, is how you go about drawing districts. And, and, and this gerrymandering, to me, Raymond, that's, that's an even bigger issue than all the issues we're talking about because basic fairness is being undermined where, 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 where representation is concerned. Well, I tell you, even in Florida, as they mentioned, Florida has gone even more red. Mm-hmm. But the Democrat um, lawmakers would also argue part of the reason why it went red is because certain laws had set aside certain districts for minorities, particularly black. And what the gerrymandering have done in Florida and other states is expand into non-white communities the voting districts, which effectively dilute the minority vote. And so I think that that will be a big issue across the nation as we move forward. But but I but if we start to see more and more lawsuits. Yes, that, that that's what I was going to ask you because Westbury v. Sanders of 1964, which is the one man one vote, the House of Representatives districts equal in pop, got to be equal in population. This gerrymandering twisting around, twisting around counties and um, join them together so that you, you could get a favorite result. That undermines Westbury v. Sanders in particular. Well, 
on the other side, it is an effective strategy by the Republicans. And that's why state legislatures are, are just as important as U.S. Senate and, and, and the House of Representatives because everything starts, as Tip O'Neill said, locally. All politics is local. And, and that, that, that is a big issue locally. That I think legislatively we have to understand that while the, the votes on the mainland, the national politics affect us, especially on the congressional level, we also have to understand that all of our politics should be local, irrespective of the party in which you affiliate with. Novel Francis, Senator Novel Francis, good morning. Thanks for having you, uh, joining us this morning here and analyze this. I didn't want to keep you waiting too long, but I, I did want I did want you to have the opportunity to ask the poll star question because he did have you uh, finishing either first or second, I think it was, and that's where you ran. So good morning, sir. How are you? Congratulations. Good morning, good morning, good morning, Neville. Uh, good morning to Raymond and good morning to the people of, of, of the Virgin Islands. Anything you want to ask the pollster? Because um, I know they're, they're the ones that have their team asking voters questions. Now I want to flip the script. Anything you want to ask the pollster? <laughs> well, listen, I've always I, I was stunned and waiting in, in um you know to get the Rattan poll results because any elected official know uh, that the Rattan poll brings about um, some credibility um, in, in the polling. So we were looking forward to the polling. Um, you know, so I've, I've spoken to. To Raymond, um, you know, since since the the poll have come out, as well as um, you know, so I, the only question I'll ask him is, you know, how long he continues to how long he intends to continue to to conduct the polling, um, you know, because I know that he's very credible and there's an expectation for him to deliver on the behalf of the people. Well, actually, um, um, thank you for those comments. And, uh, you know, I, I batted about 80%. If you had run first, I'd have been at 95. So <laughs> <I have>. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, well, I got a results here. So I, I got a results from your poll, right? And and actually what happened? You had you had it. Francis, Gittins, Johnson, Carrion, James, uh, James, and Whitaker, and Cape Hart, right? And the way it came out. The only difference, well, there were two differences. It, be, it was Gittins Francis, right? And then you had three, four, five, six in order. Franklin Johnson, Samuel Carrion, Maurice James, uh, Javon James. And then you had uh, Whitaker seven and Capehart eight. Capehart actually finished seventh. You had Nemi Jackson ninth. She finished eighth. And then you had Whitaker seventh. She finished ninth. So basically you had the top nine when you just had a couple of wrinkles there. So... Uh, um, um, Senator Francis is correct. Uh, the, the credibility with respect to the Senate race for 2022 was on point. Yeah. Well, I certainly hope that um, the Senator, they have a task along with his um, fellow Senators now to basically, you know, just provide the necessary um, laws and policies as they said for the people of the Virgin Islands. And the only thing I would, I would say uh, to him in terms of the questions that the Rattan poll put out in terms of the concern of the people, one, the WAPA issue, certainly, and two, the health issue, and then number three, home ownership issue. Those are the, uh, not in direct order, but those are the issues that the people and believe that the our lawmakers, such as St. Francis and others, should be addressing. So I just want to say that to him. 
Well, Mr. Mr. James, thank you very much for joining us as we continue to analyze this uh, uh, in the aftermath of the general election cycle. And I'm uh, looking forward to seeing more polling. And don't don't limit polling to elections. Do some polling in the half year as well and, and key issues to let the public know what's going on. Of course, it requires resources. But um, the people appreciate this data, man, and this type of resource and research. We like it. So, um, and of course, this medium, this show, um, promotes that. So thank you very much uh, for what you do for the people of the Virgin Isles. All right. Thank you. Um, thank you, um, St. Francis. Um, thank you again You're for having welcome. me. You got it. That's uh, Raymond James on Rattan Pool. Mr. President, Mr. Vice President, congratulations. Um, the people waiting for you to thank them. And, of course, that's a natural thing for you to do, the classy guy that you are. So I'm going to just yield to you right now and let you do your thing. Uh, thank you very much, Neville. And again, I want to say to the people of, of St. Croix that I'm eternally grateful uh, for the overwhelming support once again of um, you know, Nobel E. Francis Jr. for the Senate. I want to take this opportunity to thank, um, again, the voters. I want to thank my family. I want to thank my campaign workers and also my staff. I have a very small campaign committee as well as a staff, but I'm telling you that they're mighty and they continue to deliver on my behalf. So I really want to thank them for, for their contribution uh, to, to this race. You know, there was a lot of apathy in our community, um, you know, during this election cycle. Um, it got rather nasty at times, but I'll tell you that the time for healing is now. I think truly we have to come together as a community and to really drive the issues, you know, forward. Raymond just, again, spoke about some of those issues that the community feels should be a priority, and I, I totally agree. Um, with that analysis, and um, we have to listen to the people. We have to listen to the people and make sure that we're delivering on their behalf. WAPA, health care, um, your roads, lighting situation, you know, those uh, home, home ownership, those are real concerns that this community have. And we, we have made some attempt to, to address those, and at the appropriate time, I'm sure that we're able to enumerate the measure, many measures that we have try to put in place in the 34th legislature to move them forward. But I tru I'm truly looking forward to the 35th legislature where, again, I could work along with my colleagues you know, to be able to address those concerns that have been raised by, by the Rattan poll um, and as well as the other pollings that have been done uh, and, um, you know, the expressions that was made by the people of, of St. Croix and the Virgin Islands. So I look forward. I look forward to serving them. We're going to uh, take a break. Uh, congratulations. Um, you're, you're a deserving um, re-elected incumbent. And I want to talk about some differences between when you first ran in 2014 and here we are in 2022. We got um, newly re-elected Senator Noel Francis joining us this morning. Uh, hoping to hear from the Senate President a little bit later. We'll be back right after this. Listening to the wings of a monarch butterfly, what a magical thought. They arrive here on the Day of the Dead, which we celebrate here in Mexico. And a lot of the indigenous people believe that it's the souls of their ancestors that are returning. You know? And it's very spiritual. That's On Point with me, Meghna Chakrabarty. Weekdays at 1 p.m. on WTJX FM 93.1.
great question. That is a great question. And that's a great question. Wow, that's another great question. That's uh, that's a great question. Oh, that's a great. <laughs> that's a great question. That is a great question. What a great question. On Fresh Air, you'll hear unexpected questions and unexpected answers. Weekdays at 2 p.m. right here on WTJK FM 93.1, your NPR station in the Virgin Islands. What is dedication? The thing that drives me every day as a dad is Dariana. We call him Day Day for short. Every day he's hungry for something, whether it's attention, affection, knowledge. And there's this huge responsibility in making sure that when he's no longer under my wing, that he's a good person. I want him to be able to sit back one day and go, we worked together, we did a good job. That's dedication. Find out more at fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Neil Armstrong waited six hours and 39 minutes to step onto the surface of the moon. Jackie Robinson waited 20 months to play his first game with the Brooklyn Dodgers. And even DiCaprio had to wait 22 years to win an Oscar. You can wait until your destination. Don't text and drive. Visit StopTextStopRex.org. A message brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, Project Yellow Light, and the Ad Council. We're back here to analyze this, and we've got Senator Novell Francis re-elected to serve as a member of the 35th legislature. This will be his fifth term when they convene in January of 2023. Good morning once again, Senator Francis. Good morning, good morning. Good morning to you, Neville, and good morning to your listening audience. Senator Francis, you first ran in 2014, and, and you know, we tend to look at the big picture here and analyze this. Um, I mean, that's just because, you know, we're like that. And you, uh, you finished second in 2014, and you finished second in 2022. However, to finish second in 2014, you got 7,318 votes. You finished second in 2022 with 5,079 votes. This, this is a classic example of how population displacement has happened here in the territory in less than 10 years based on the voting data, sir. Break that down mentally for me from your perspective. Well, well, first of all, before I address that issue, I want to say that I tried to call in yesterday yeah. um, when you had that distinguished panel on and to come in and follow a little bit of duck sauce. You know, <laughs> on, I, I apologize, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, I think that the governor needs to capitalize and, and that kind of advisory group that you put together <laughs> yesterday, you know. Yo, 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 the, go, the governor, we, we would trade, we trade again and governor the phone, the governor said, no, man, I come in the studio. You know what I mean? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. But that, that was, that was, I that's told, a good move. I totally agree with him there. That was the place to be. That was a good move. Yeah, but, um, but you know. In, in, respect, in respect to your question, I'll tell you that a lot of people continue to doubt the numbers um, that, that came in with the, the census report. And, and to really just, just watch what's happening, um, you know, throughout throughout the, the Virgin Islands and St. Croix in particular, you could feel the difference of uh, the amount of people that we have here on the island. And you could tell that there is a reduction. Uh, as a businessman, as a person in the community, it's clear, even in, in, the, um, in the vote results, 
you could see that we have lost a significant amount of our population. And even though we will be getting in some absentee ballots as well, the numbers are still much less um, that we have seen over the years. You know, I remember the time when, when you were required to have over 10,000 votes in order to get into the Senate. You know, so, um, you know, it's no doubt that, that the, the numbers have reduced and we really need to own up to that and um, and start to make inroads and in being able to address that. And, and some of that is, is the very same issues that we, we spoke about and concerns in terms of health care, in terms of WAPA, in terms of education. You know, those are the impactful um, situation that may have caused the population shift. And we have to do everything possible to, to address that and begin to start to um, build uh, population, build capacity here in this territory. Well, well I'm missing something, um Senator, because every time I take my little hiatus, my little week or two-week move, when I come back, as we just said locally, the plane cock, you check, plane ram with people. So either our tourism product is brilliant or people are moving here and they're just not you know, being counted. I don't know. What's, go- what's your take well, on that? Well, two things are happening. Um, <laughs> first of all, um, it's RAM with people that, that, that uh, a lot of times don't look like you and I. We, we have a, a, um, a population shift where we're seeing a, a lot of individuals that's relocating to the Virgin Islands. But, you know, equally, we have so many, so many of our grassroots people, our locals that's relocating uh, to the mainland as well. So you, we have a shift, you know, where the mainlanders are coming into the Virgin Islands. And Virgin Islanders are leaving uh, for the mainland. Okay. Well, well, having said that, um, isn't there an obligation on our part um, to really um, commit to making sure all of our infrastructure and the services that we need to provide to our residents, those who live here and those who are are, are visiting or passing through, uh, are in place and up to the levels that we can feel comfortable? You've chaired the health committee. You know about that 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 uh, that industry. Okay, that's why I call it now of money leaving the territory and going to the mainland to seek health care services, things of that nature. What about that? Yeah, well, certainly I believe that, that you know, we, we have a couple of things at play. Uh, yes, we have to continue to build our infrastructure. Um, when we talk about health care, where we're seeing some, some improvement being made uh, behind the scenes to, to be able to get our JFL North um, up and running, I believe that within the, the, um, the next month or so, We'll have that open and be available uh, to the people of the Virgin Islands. But in addition to that, I think a lot of times when people look at health care, they're simply looking at, at just the JFL situation. We have a number of um, urgent care and acute care surgical suites uh, that, that have opened um, here on St. Croix. And they, too, add to the, um, the health care base. You know, so we can't forget them in the conversation because they're providing some valuable health services to our people, our um, our community. Uh, but it's, it's no doubt that we have to do better in getting our hospital up and running, and we're doing everything possible to, to make that happen. The other situation that I believe play into this is that when individuals relocate to, to the Virgin Islands, we want to make sure that they're not just isolated, um, you know, in the east and the west, but in, in fact that they come to the middle as well, where the population really... Um, where it really sits and, and congregate, you know, and they have to be a part of the process. We can't have individuals, you know, utilizing our roads, our infrastructure, um, our utilities, but still want to take a standoff attitude and continue to maintain their voting privileges in the mainland. You know, if you're going to be a part of this community, uh, you have to take the bitter with the sweet and, and really, um, you know, hone in 
uh, all the way. So <laughs> we, we have to do a, a strong push in terms of um, making sure that our community is, um, our new uh, comers to uh, the community is, is truly a part of our community. I have been um, certainly making my efforts to do that. I, I receive um, in, in the numbers, if you can see in the eastern area, I continue to pull well uh, because I want to make sure that everyone is engaged in this community, uh, you know, so that they could be a part of, of this whole revolution of, um, of, of moving to the next, um, you know, moving to the next step in our level of, of really making St. Croix the destination that it deserves to be and um, the beacon of, of, of um, the gem, the gem of the Caribbean. <coughs> we talk about all young people, you know, you, you come from the, uh, public safety, a public safety, a law enforcement background. Let me change that. A law enforcement background. We're seeing a segment of our population falling by the wayside. What's your take on that? How we go about, um, you know, putting things in place so that the, the 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 numbers falling by the wayside, the numbers could be falling too, so that so that our people, our young people falling by the wayside are not caught up uh, in that uh, that 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 negative trend. Thank you for that question because I spent a significant amount of my energy, you know, working towards that breaking the school to prison pipeline, uh, for example, so that we don't get our, our, our students, our children, every time they get into an infraction, that it results in them going uh, to the Department of Justice, going uh, to the police department, and then ended up in YRC or, or going elsewhere. I also work with, with my colleagues to make sure that we are providing and creating second chance programs, um, ban the box. You know, so that I, I hear every single day uh, that young young individuals, when they try to seek employment, you know, that they're turned away. Um, you know, whatever they may have, situation they've had in the past, continue to, to haunt them. You know, we, we don't want that. We really want to make sure that, that um, you know, they're providing an opportunity to have a second chance and, and be, be able to contribute to, to this community. Um, you know, workforce development, um, you know, truly we got to make an earnest effort to address the issue of, of, um, of workforce development because it benefits us in the long run. Um, we'll not just have uh, um, people to work and having them you know, um, earn, earn their, their, their pay, um, you know, but, but they will also be contributing members of, of this community. You know, a young man or a young woman with a, a bright future would rarely take the dark parts. You know, so we really need to hone in and, and be able to address that. Um, you know, so we have much, much work uh, to be done in this community. I believe that, um, you know, the members that have been elected to the 35th legislature intends to work with the administration, intends to work with the, the delegates of Congress, um, because we are all in this together. One man, one fight. And I, I truly believe that we have an opportunity to, to um, you know, transcend, you know, some of these trouble areas that, that we are seeing here. Um, our young people are, are really craving, they're asking to be a part of the process. You know, we had a recent, um, I did some work with the police department and the University of the Virgin Islands, you know, recently where we had this anti-bully um, symposium and, and really looked at some of the needs of our young people and how best that we could, um, you know, address that. But breaking the school to prison pipeline is, is really critical for me. And um, I'll tell you, when we speak to the judges, in the family court that we've seen the numbers. I think that we have um, maybe two or three individuals at YRC right now. So the numbers are down um, in that area as well. And, um, I, you know, 
how how do we do this and you know how do we get our young people engaged we have to bring them to the table we can't continue to have conversation and leave them out of it um you know they're they continue to to indicate that they're not a part of the process they're being left out of the conversation and in all fairness i, I partially agree with them and we have to bring them into the fold final question well i got two questions the, the, the first question is you and i worked on a, a forensic forensic lab uh, legislation in, in your first term, that was my fifth term, 2015, 2016, pass. What's the deal, man? We got we got federal money now. Is there, we could we could do something to, to make sure we got a state-of-the-art facility here and, you know, and assist in the, in, in, in the processing and adjudicating of, of crimes that take place in the territory? Or is that dead? No, no, that's one of the level of frustration that I have. And it's just a slow wheel turning to be able to move from legislation from to funding to actual implementation and execution. You know, um, I continue to, to champion that cause. Uh, you know, the former attorney general had indicated that they wanted to utilize some of that funding for the purpose of establishing a, a morgue, um, a, a more a certified morgue, because that's really what started the whole criminal justice um, you know, process and being able to, to prosecute you know, some of these cases. And we, we uh, allow them to do that. They are able to establish the, the, the morgue suite on St. Thomas, and we're working on, on locating a suitable place here on, on St. Croix. I've also worked with them to be able to identify what that location should look like. I heard recently from uh, Attorney General Denise George uh, that, in fact, you know, a location has been um, have been procured, and now they're doing the necessary build out and and being able to secure and uh, you know get that that morgue uh, certified morgue here in in St. Croix. You know beyond that, you know, then you start to implement the other components of the crime lab. You know so that that is not dead. Um, certainly it is uh, active and a work in progress. Um, now, the question to the to to the best of your ability without violating. Um, confidentiality. Are we in the process of organizing the 35th legislature leadership? Well, as you know, uh, you, you've been around and immediately after that vote counts, I mean, all, all you have is, is the, the the projections of, of, of the winners. <laughs> and you already start to receive and make phone calls. You know, So yes, yes, there's an active um, organization uh, being contemplated and discussions being had. And the good thing is that you know we we could certainly coalesce uh, around uh, because we have a lot of the incumbents that have been uh, you know reelected, mm -hmm. you know. So I don't think it'll be extremely difficult to to be able to organize. Uh, we certainly just have to bring in and um, you know the, the new individuals that have been elected to the office to, to be able to make that happen. I, I want to say too that that we have really seen a level of cohesion. Um, within the, the, the 34th legislature, but you know, believe it or not, you know, when you have that discussion, and people always believe that there is some level of turmoil or animosity, but you'll see that a lot of times because the issues that confront us uh, are most of emergency nature, 
and critical you know, to our well-being uh, that a lot of times you have both the minority and uh, the majority coming together uh, to really work and craft the bill. So it, it's not difficult you know, uh, because we have reached across the aisle you know, when necessary uh, to bring individuals into the conversation, the subcommittees and everything else that was created in the 34th legislature. So I believe you know, organization is, is, is eminent. And I believe in the very near future, we should have some, um, you know, tentative organization occurring, you know, so that we can continue to work with the people of the Virgin Islands. And, and this term, the, the presidency with the gentleman's agreement comes back to the Atlanta inquiry. Is that correct? The district is incorrect? That is, that is correct. Okay, that is correct. And at a minimum, you'll have 10 Democrats pending what takes place with that large race, right? Yes, yeah, 10 um, with a possible 11. Possible 11. Okay, good. Um, Senator Novel Francis from the District of St. Croix, elected for the fifth consecutive time. Congratulations on your re-election, and congratulations to your staff, your team, friends, family, all your supporters, consistently doing well in elections, and uh, um, continued success. And we hope we want um, collective uh, a collective commitment from all of the individuals um, where the first branch of government is concerned um, so that productivity is the number one, the number two, and the number three priority for the body. Uh, thank you very much, Neville. I want to thank um, you know, the station, uh, WTJX, um, and also the, the, the people of, of St. Croix, again, for their overwhelming uh, support and vote of confidence, and I pledge to redouble my efforts again to do the work on the behalf of the people. Well, in this case, I believe it's a quintuple, because it's the fifth time. You don't, get, you, you, you don't have the double, the triple, and the quadruple. So I think this is a quintuple now. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm just teasing. Uh, hey, congrats, man. Proud of you. And uh, keep, on, right. keep on keeping on. We appreciate that. Thanks a lot. Okay? Thank you. And thank you. And thank you for your initial guidance because that's what helped drive the bus. Well, I, 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 had, I, had, I had some experience. You're the, you're the ranking member now. Remember that. So remember that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You're the ranking member. So congrats once yeah. again. That's how I'm saying a novel. E. Francis Jr. J-O-O-N-Y-A-H. Jr. From the Atlanta St. Croix. We'll take a break. Be back right after this. The views and opinions expressed on Analyze This are entirely those of the on-air participants and do not reflect those of the station's board, management, staff, or underwriters. I'm Scott Tong from Public Radio's Midday News Magazine, Here and Now. We bring you all the news that happens between the morning headlines and the afternoon wrap-up. Plus, conversations with authors and artists, stories that affect you, maybe a story about you. So join us for NPR's Midday News Magazine, Here and Now. Weekday afternoons from 3 to 5 p.m. Right here on WTJX FM 93.1. You know exactly how you take your morning coffee. Knowing where to get news you can rely on is just as simple. Listen to Morning Edition from NPR News every weekday. From 6 to 8 a.m., here on WTJX FM 93.1, your NPR station in the Virgin Islands. You can also listen on demand via the WTJX app, available for download from the App Store in Google Play. <laughs> 